Dee Dee Moonflyer here. Welcome to the Twilight Tonic Podcast. As always, I have a freshly brewed batch of the strange and unusual to share with you. So grab your favorite tonic, step inside the broom closet, and let's get started. not on Twilight Tonic, I'd like to introduce a couple. They do amazing work. Tav is a mental health social worker. His wife, who has been a cardiac nurse for 34 years and an energy worker, came together to heal trauma. And I'm going to talk a little bit about them and let them introduce themselves because I think this is so important to do this kind of work in the world. Welcome, Terry and Tavis. Yes. Mm -hmm. How how are you guys tonight? And thank you for coming on Twilight Tonic. Oh, very well. We're wonderful. Thanks for having us. Yes, thanks. Welcome. Tavis, I would like you to tell my audience a little bit about why you do the work you do. And why did you choose, of all things, social work? Yeah, so... um... I, well, it, it wasn't uh, I, it wasn't the, the, the occupation I chose out of the gate. I mean, I had I was in business for about 20 years before I moved into doing um, this work. Um, I'm now in private practice, you know, doing um, mental health work uh, on anxiety and depression and trauma, um, as well as addiction. Um, mm-hmm. But before I was in business for many years, um, it was not good for me. I I didn't know what what, what I didn't know how miserable I was at the time. And, uh, and eventually, uh, you know, that, um, living, you know, or, or, or having a, having a, having a profession, spending so much time doing something that was unfulfilling took its toll on me. Um, for a variety of other reasons, um, it led to me beginning to struggle increasingly with, uh, with an alcohol addiction. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Believe that we suffer our way to wisdom. I just think I think I'm one among many who have had an experience of being in the valley that ended up being um, something of an opportunity um, for personal growth. Um, it can either break us or break us open. And for me, um, I feel like I, I it broke me open, which was a choice I made um, right. years ago. So I got into the field about years ago, really after hitting my rock bottom. Um, so. 
undoubtedly I carry some of that, um, my, 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 my recovery work into my practice. Um, and like I said, um, I, I do work with people with addiction. It's really about 30% of my practice, mm-hmm. uh, alcohol or drug addiction. Um, and uh, I absolutely love it. I had no idea that, um, you know, one's profession, one's work could be something that they would be excited about, you know, on the on the, on the evening before going back to work. That was unfathomable to me before I started to do this. But um, I'm living that now. So I'm, wow. I'm, I'm thrilled sharing it with my with my wife now as well to some degree um and uh, the time that we work together has been just amazing as well wow i love that that's incredible now terry you've been a nurse for 34 years and a cardiac nurse at that yeah what drew you to reiki and access bar certification shamanism angels <laughs> oils and crystal you sound like all my interest. I think that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. You know, as a nurse, mm-hmm. although I absolutely adore the the profession, um, I truly enjoy the art form of it. Um, you know, it's really not black and white. The body is not black and white. We did not make this body. We can kind of tell you how it works, but it's really kind of at best. Mm-hmm. You know, have a lot of standards of practice, but we have beyond fathomable about of information that we still need to learn because there's so much about it that makes zero sense. Right. So that's the part of it that if you're going to truly be a nurse, you have to look at what it is you control and what it is you don't control. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, and I spent a lot of time in the, what is it I can't control? <laughs> you know, wanting to know what part of it can I affect that I don't actually see an effect that we're not actually talking about at work. I've always been very in touch with my angels. I love them. Um, I'm very close with them. And when I was probably in my early 20s I took like um, Reiki classes through Catalp Tree mm-hmm. um, and some healing touch back then which was more acceptable in the nursing realm um, and would use that bedside um, I'm a gifted IV start and I swear it's because I ask for all the assistance of my angels and guides <laughs> when starting oh. it's not a skill it's a gift from divine oh. <laughs> So, you know, that is what kind of got me started at the time. I really didn't really think of Reiki as something I would ever use beyond like just kind of as an aside. Mm -hmm. But then later um, I took another Reiki class um, and just fell in love. At that point, I think age and wisdom, my own personal trauma, mm-hmm. delving into that. Um, and then I started, you know, messing around with family and using it with friends and people are like, oh my gosh. And then mm-hmm. I started getting Reiki healings myself from somebody and um, from actually um, Vijaya Knight. Mm-hmm. And 
then my third eye opened and I started seeing and hearing things and at times thinking, hmm, I might be kind of crazy. Uh, <laughs> I knew I wasn't, but you know, <laughs> sometimes the things that I see make me wonder. Oh, um, you're not crazy. <laughs> the, veil, the veil thinned mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and my Reiki practice bloomed. Uh, <laughs> my energy work and I started becoming more and getting more and more interested in other modalities and you know being guided places through my guides and being like okay well now I have to like figure out how to do drumming because apparently I need to learn that is <laughs> by them going okay you need to start drumming I mean going really <laughs> oh, oh, oh okay <laughs> you no know, you guys kind of came together on this spiritual journey, didn't you? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and I got Access Bars trained, and Access Bars is for Access Consciousness. And it is the easiest way for me to explain it to people is you know, you have acupressure points on your hands and your feet. Mm-hmm. Well, they have these points on the scalp that you hold using energy work that equate to different mental processes. And when I was learning it, I was like, you know, they were saying that it works on on helping you process the subconscious. They were saying, like, contrary to everything, like, you can't have music playing because that shuts down the bars. But what you should have, like, if somebody's having a problem with something, you should maybe play a podcast about that. And this will help them process it. And instantly my brain went ding, 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 ding. I wonder if I could like put this with Tav's work and what kind of, <laughs> what kind of power would that have? Mm-hmm. You know, how much better than that? So I started talking to Tav about it and he found some clients that would be willing to do it. And mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that wasn't hard. Yeah, I mean, um, most clients who I who I've thought would be ideal for it, um, I mean, I think all of them actually have been have have been interested. It's just a matter of the degree of interest. But yeah, so it was very quickly once we talked about it that I brought it up with a client that I had for quite a while, and uh, he was he was game. Um, he was he was very go. Mm-hmm. See, I find that really interesting. Especially addiction. I know in today's world, part of it is it's very, everything's so easy to get due to like social media, cell phones, things like that. How much of it do you guys believe it has to do with sometimes past lives or, of course, childhood trauma? I'm sure a lot. But maybe like from each of your opinions, how much of it do you believe it's ancestral past lives? I think that those chains throughout your past lives, when not broken, are carried forward. Okay. Interesting. How about you, Tavis? How do you feel about that? Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm really, I, I would say that um, I have very broad interest and I, and I get into quantum physics. I listen to a lot of podcasts uh, mm-hmm. that um, 
that really cover a broad range of things. And, you know, there was a pod, there was a podcast I was listening to. It was on the interview, which I love that. That's the, the creator of the Ted, Ted talk series. And uh, there was this um, one gentleman who was David Deutsch and he was talking about how, you know, our, our DNA communi- communicates a language. I mean, it really is very much like, um, you know, the way we are used to communicating in our everyday life, but just in a more glacier sort of <laughs> glacierly sort of way, and uh, not as obvious, but it's there. And it's so I do on on the physical level. I think that what what you know Terry's alluding to, what you're alluding to, could very well manifest in a in a physical sort of way. Um, I, I believe, by the way, of being skeptical of our skepticism. So I mean, I as far as what is not understood or known, um, I think all the sense in the world to be open-minded, um, uh, to, uh, to be open to, to, to new evidence and such. But I, I am struck by the fact that on a physical level, you know, there is good evidence that, you know, um, what has happened in our, in, in our ancestry several generations back could very much be still impacting us today uh, in ways that we're, we're, not, we're not aware. Um, and then epigenetics and such, which is a very, very fascinating area, you know, as far as how nature and nurture kind of blend together to form the experiences that we do have. Um, Complete sense that some people who might have a predisposition for addiction, for example, um, they might have experiences in life to turn those genes on that very well might have been influenced or affected by past generations, um, and some people might not. So um, how that all comes together, I'm not sure, but I'm very open about it. Yeah, that's interesting. Wow. Because I know a lot of times, too, if relatives are alcoholics or drug addicted, it often keeps happening. Yeah. Right. A sad fact research on that for sure yeah yeah how do you guys feel when someone comes to you and of course they're curious about all this spiritual stuff <laughs> they probably get very curious and test practice because my table is in here and yeah. my crystals uh. <laughs> hanging bowls are in here mm-hmm. so they come to see a therapist on a standard level and half the room is yeah got you know tortoise shells and feathers and yeah. speaking, speaking of that tortoise shell like when it showed up on the on the on the uh, table you know i had a client and several clients comment about it now but like one was like is it is that alive <laughs> and i'm like yeah yeah just uh just be sure to stay away from it you know <laughs> but um, yeah so it's, it is uh our yeah we definitely have a a room that we share here that um that's um that would that would make people wonder and be curious um at the same time you know it's we've got a tiny little buddha you know and we have mm-hmm. a serenity prayer kind of uh, in one corner um so it's very uh inclusive let's yeah, say it's very eclectic in here <laughs> i like it i like it being eclectic you should see my place <laughs> antiques everywhere you can only imagine right <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, antiques are kind of fun. Do you ever get like fun energies off those antiques? All the time, and they're not allowed to come into my house until they're saged. Yeah, smart move. Yeah, yeah. I am. Um, I I I think people think I'm crazy when I go antiquing. I actually rub my hands on the furniture or whatever I'm buying mm-hmm. to make sure there's nothing on there, no attachments. I don't want to bring anything home. 
Right, right. My um, father recently passed away and my stepmother and father were like huge antique collectors. Mm-hmm. Full born through full of nothing but antiques. And I'm telling you, when I walked in there, I was like bombarded. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> open, open windows, open doors. Someone get me sage quick. <laughs> it's like an emergency sage run. <laughs> I have people I need to help. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you think about it, when when it comes with attachments, it drives my animals crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and especially my birds, because birds are real sensitive, and then I have a cat, and then they all chime in, and I'm like, oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) Something came in. (laughs) And so I, I cleanse my house all the time <laughs> because yeah. of the antiques. Yes, we cleanse right before this podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so important. It's, and it's therapeutic. I, Tav- Tavis, I don't know how you feel about this, but have you ever suggested sage to some of your clients to feel good? I haven't. No, you know, I have not. Although they they do like the smell of the sage after... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in here doing her own practice and such. Uh, but no, I mean, that's not something that, that I have done. Um, if somebody's interested or curious, which does happen about it, I do know enough to be able to um, talk to it some, you know, and I, and I do, I really encourage, you know, like that idea that uh, to be skeptical of one's skepticism, um, mm-hmm. Eckhart Tolle um, quote, um, which um uh, it really speaks to me as far as like we don't know what we don't know. Um, right. I also believe, and I have said it at times, um, that you know, for people that might be closed-minded, because I mean, there's a closed-mindedness spiritually that takes place. I see on both ends of the spectrum. So you'll see it uh, in fundamentalist religious people, but also I, I, I encounter it with people on, on the other end who just who are have a certainty, a, a, a dogmatism about their belief that there's nothing. Mm-hmm. And I do to be um, a, a barrier uh, to self, you know, to, to, to personal growth, um, to really, to, to but it makes sense, to, to having a sense of uh, a goal-oriented sense of um, meaning and purpose in life. Um, I see those things as getting in the way. Uh, something that um, a guy named Brian Green, a physicist, said that I, it really speaks to me on that is, you know, you, we, we can't teach a dog physics. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, that idea that, you know, who's to say that, you know, with our senses that we're born with, uh, that we have this capacity to really understand these things fully, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it might not be firing in our brain too. So uh, I know I gave you a long answer to that, but <laughs> I, I, I would say that I, I, I just, in, in a general sense, when somebody when the, the topic of spirituality in any form comes up, um, that tends to be my my anchor, uh, those those type concepts and that mindset. Okay. I'm not going to talk about it either with people. I think it's really very important to talk about. And uh, I'm not alone. I mean, in social work practice, I mean, spirituality is talked about, you know, as, as something that's a human experience. So it's it's very important in my practice. I find that really interesting because everybody has such different spiritual views, especially nowadays. I think there's another awakening 
going on with spirituality. I remember when I was really young, my mom was really into Edgar Casey. Like I grew up with Edgar Casey. We even went to like Virginia Beach to his center when I was like 13. My mom was so into Edgar Casey, which I always found really interesting. But now I'm seeing a reemergement of spirituality as times are changing. Do you see that in your practices, both of you right now? Yes. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I, yeah, for sure. And I think the world needs it right now. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost as, you know, we've gone through a, a, such a dark time mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. spiritualism is, is, is a light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people who are open are going to move towards that light. Right. My next question is, I, I know you guys have heard of the shift coming. There's like this big shift that they say is coming and things are going to change drastically. And Tavis, have you seen the increase of drug use since this has all started? Uh, in the time that I've been doing this, I mean, it, I, I, it's been on a, it's, it's been during the epidemic, you know, that we're encountering right now with the op- opioid epidemic, you mm-hmm. know, oxycontin. Um, and um, fentanyl, for example. I mean, that's that's now the, the latest here recently, but it's still have been rising and, uh, um, you know, increasing not just in this area, um, but also across the country. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I have... Uh, I've encountered that firsthand. I've come into contact with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen it as much in my Reiki practice, but in my nursing practice, Mm -hmm. I mean, the amount of addiction issues and the amount of mental health issues is just so much higher than it used to be. And, you know, the, the, just the the sadness and the anxiety mm-hmm. is intensified. Yeah. Some of it being, you know, COVID has a direct effect on the brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So people who have had COVID were starting to notice psychiatric issues post COVID, mm-hmm. uh, along with the isolation. Right. That people yeah, that's a big deal. The uh, the isolation, um, definitely a lot of um, a lot of clients um, spoke to that. Just all the change that's taken place in the last uh, few years, but definitely that that isolation piece as it relates to COVID. Uh, you know, I was I, I talked to a client not long ago that was talking about how you know they picked up using again um, because of um, the fact that they felt like the world was ending. That's once one more reason, you know, uh, that mm-hmm. sort of feeling um you know as far as is feeling you know, at the beginning of the of the epidemic you know that was among the many reasons why the, the epidemic you know the core reasons is why is it, it could have led to to somebody um either they're using um maybe reaching a level at which it becomes dysfunctional in their life or they're returning to, to its use mm-hmm. yeah and this is a really strange question and both of you could probably answer this um, I've had people also tell me that they self-medicate 
when they have abilities, spiritual abilities. Have you ever heard that one before in your practices, either of you? Yes, I mean, so so there there is there is this element of uh, of using the re- the many reasons that people use, you know, to numb to to, to medicate their emotions, mm-hmm. um, um, as a, as a as, as a fake kind of artificial reward because they're not living a fulfilling life. These might be some of the more common ones. But there also is this element of like people do want to experience novel things. They want to feel free of their their bodies. There's there's a desire for liberation from the human experience, kind of a an altered state of consciousness desire mm-hmm. out there. That's that's out there as well, you know. And um, you know, for many of those clients, I'm not going to come into contact with them, you know, necessarily because. There's plenty of using that goes out there that that doesn't rise to a dysfunctional level, but um, but that is that if if that speaks to your question, that is one of the many reasons that people I, I see that people do use. Yeah, I've seen a lot of talk about um, what is it DMT, right? Yeah, and I do have clients um, that have spoken of, of of trying that and using that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, it's. I think it's it might be the ayahuasca in particular, but I think DMT as well. Um, it can be helpful for people who have uh, existential dread, who have a fear, an intense fear of dying, um, and also it just also just a, a fascination with um, the um, the experience that they they encounter uh, as far as being able to feel more connected with with mm-hmm. everyone else you know that you know, that universe and and being an individual both both of those words start with essentially one you know and, and right. to get in touch with that experience that universal experience of being one with others is one i think that on a deep level we all crave hmm. all right i always found it interesting because when i was reading on it i found it extremely interesting that everybody almost had the same vision Interesting. That is. You know, the the little guys that they see, um, mm-hmm. the same words, the same, almost like the same trip. Mm-hmm. And that they feel completely loved. And then one of them might be real nightmarish at one time. So I, I just thought I'd ask you guys, because I've read on it, but I'm not super familiar. And I don't know how others really feel about it. Yeah, and I can't say as though I've done a whole lot of research and study, you know, those, because I'm, I have to be very careful in my energy work. Yes. (laughs) My license. (laughs) Yes. And so um, I don't really do a whole lot of looking into any of the mind altering. Sure. Absolutely. Substances out there. And, but. No, if you want to feel one, you should be <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I will speak to the fact that I, I want to make it clear that I, I never refer people. <laughs> I never recommend <laughs> I, it's people giving me their accounts, past accounts uh, sure. of it. That's what I'm that's what I'm speaking of. You know, I mean, to your point, it's it's that's fascinating. I mean, there is some more mainstream, you know, like Carl, like. Like young, um, young is somebody that um, you know talks about uh, this, you know, this this 
basically this, I'm trying to think of the terms that he used, but it's this consciousness, uh, shared collective consciousness that we all kind of tap into. Um, as a matter of fact, um, Edward Casey, a little less mainstream, he, he spoke of that too, I think with the Kasha records or something. Kasha, the Kasha records, yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, there's this, I think that there's different, in different ways, um, and then some diff- different people that, I mean, as far as young, I mean, he's like um, obviously very well respected in, in part of uh, really uh, the early years of psychology and such. Um, you know, there's 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 different sources that that kind of point to that same thing that there's some universal um, uh, there's some universal symbology that we tend to run into from time to time. Mm-hmm. Again. I'm going into the realm of being um, skeptical of one's skepticism. Um, I think it's fascinating to look at. Um, yeah. uh, if it's not anything that's really provable, that doesn't mean that it's not important and can't be very useful and helpful. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm beginning to wonder with, with all of this stuff going on, if people, like you said, they felt isolated. We just maybe forgot how connected we actually were because we were so busy competing and fighting in the world. Yeah. Sadly true. Like I think Apostle Paul said something to the effect that, you know, by ourselves we risk seeing mirages. Um, and I think that a lot of us suffered from a little bit too much um, uh, alone time or, or time separated from, from each other. I, I, I am a huge proponent um, in in are, are connecting with other people in various forms. And I think it's really critical and important that we do that. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that there's been an impact there as well from COVID. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Terry, you work with patients also on a nurse level quite a bit. Yep. And you say you use touch and because touch therapy is very accepted. You said with yep. nursing, how about, yeah crystals and aromatherapy have you been able to integrate any of those things in your nursing practice um not crystals so much but aromatherapy is very accepted in the medical profession and heck if you the mid war so slow to catch up around here god love us um <laughs> but if you go coastal you mm-hmm. can get a reiki master to come to your bedside Oh, you know, like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, legit. Like if you're East Coast, West Coast, mm-hmm. you, it, it's it's a covered practice. There's Reiki masters in many of those hospitals. That's and you can be like, I'd like to speak to my Reiki master. You know, just like you call the chaplain. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah, I know. <laughs> but we're in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. So, yes, <laughs> we'll, we'll, slow. Yeah. we'll slow on the uptake. But um, now I don't know that I've ever gotten anyone to buy into my crystals, but um, definitely essential oils are are utilized and used on the regular in most hospitals in Fort Wayne. Like, I mean, they'll use it just like from scientific, like lavender will help. We have lavender like pledgettes you can give to people to put by their bedside to help them sleep at night or Mm -hmm. orange oil to help with nausea or peppermint to help with nausea or um there's a a stress balm that you can that we can pull from the supply closet just like any other medical supply (laughs) oh that's interesting Mm -hmm. 
So as a nurse, you do all this healing stuff. Um, have you ever seen anything spiritual in the hospital, if you don't mind me asking, with patients? Oh, oh I can give you story after story after story after story. You know, like, I'm constantly telling Tav that it's our the end of our life or the start of our life um, is not in my control. Yeah. When it is your, it is. Um, I am there to do what I can do, but I have seen fathers hang on with nothing left in them to keep a family together. I have seen, um, angels come and take away a grandmother from the hands of her loved ones in the most beautiful fashion. I've seen um, angels come and lay hands on babies and take them away. Um, you know, I've seen babies that we thought were almost dead but you lay them on mama's chest and next thing you know they're not dead anymore um you know there there's there's energy at work there that you just can't even ever fathom i've seen a father hold on next to his deathbed just waiting for his daughter to get there and she got there and he said i love you and died oh you know yeah. This this body is just a physical form of this of the soul. It's a temporary housing for our soul that right. comes to us and takes this form and lives in it until it's met its needs and moves on to its next housing. Yeah. I I always thought my mom passed away in 2019 and I was in the room with her, and of course, she waited till I left to pass. That was mm -hmm. my mom for you. But <laughs> <laughs> she, um, the night before she died, there was like a warm blanket in the room. It felt so warm in there. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't like warm, like heat. It was just loving warm. And mm -hmm. the nurse came in, and I love the nurses. Oh, my gosh, they were so sweet. And she and I ask her, I go, do you feel that? She goes, oh, the warmth that happens quite often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. You know, I was fairly early in my energy work practice, and my step, my sister's stepfather was passing away and family could not be with him mm. and she called me asking if there was anything I could do from a distance because she knew that I did distance some distance work and I and she goes the nurses feel like you know he's passing away at any point and well of course you know it wasn't convenient I was in a shower so I wrapped myself up in the towel and I the floor <laughs> and I went to work and the nurse that was at his bedside told the family that 
it was the most amazing thing she's ever seen before. This giant angel came. Wow. And when he died and lifted him up. And she says, I swear I could see his energy just walk over and out of the room. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Just think how amazing that is if everyone could see that. Mm-hmm. We would have sure. no more fear of dying. Right. Right. It would be more of a celebration than this huge grieving process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it and it it is from what I, you know, when I'm in session and I'm I'm getting messages from people who have passed and I don't want to mislead anybody. I don't consider myself a medium, but it does happen on occasion. Mm-hmm. It's not my my I, I don't tout it as being so, but I am a I am clairaudient, I'm clairvoyant. Um so I do get messages and sometimes I get some pretty intense messages from mm-hmm. these family members and you know the things that they're they're they they speak from such a place of wisdom. You know, they speak of who they are. You know, they come they come with their personality. <laughs> so my client <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> right down to like blaring Led Zeppelin in my head, like, what is that music? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a Led Zeppelin fan, but that day I could tell you I could I knew Led Zeppelin and I'll I'll know it from the rest of my career out now because that's pretty distinct sound. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes it is. <laughs> like, oh that's my dad. <laughs> so, but so they come with their personalities, but they come with just beautiful wisdom. You know, they have wisdom of, of what they, they did and how it applied to you. And they have such strength in their, you know, I'm so sorry. Had I known what I know now, I would have done differently. And it's not that kind of like, I'm so sorry what I did to you. That was awful. And oh my, you know, it's not that kind of, it's, there's so much strength in there. I'm sorry. And wisdom, mm. you know, it's without that horrible guilt. It's love this knowing that, yeah, I was a fall- fallible human being. I was, wasn't I? It's really, it's really quite, quite cool. I, um, you know, as far as my attachment, I do work with uh, trauma, um, <laughs> clients that um, have issues with attachment growing up and such. And one of the experiential therapy techniques that we use is to, uh, it's called the magic wand exercise. And it's where we, um, we will, there's a role play that will go on with the client in which, um, you know, basically somebody plays the part of a, of a deceased family member in which there was uh, an acrimonious, there was a troubled relationship with them, unresolved stuff. And in, 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 in particular, you know, the, if the parent was not awake, not aware, um, you know, not not very self-aware, toxic, you know, mm-hmm. quite often. And the magic wand uh, is 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 used to to basically for a short period of time to make them wise um you know to make them self-aware self-monitoring self-correcting you know mm-hmm. good health 
healthy human beings for a short period of time. And that is, I, I've, I've seen it firsthand how therapeutic that is. So then watching then Terry, you know, do it, you know, do that. And, you know, her, her doing that same thing. And it's, it's, it's touching on that, that thing that's very therapeutic in, in therapy. So it's just kind of where, I, I, it was for me. It was it, I could see it. It was where you know the work that people do as far as channeling. Um, I could see how you know it's going to benefit clients in a, in a way that's very similar to um, to um, you know uh, experiential therapy. It's pretty cool, right? I think that's really cool. I think what you guys do together is awesome too. It, it's so rare that you have a husband and wife working together <laughs> like this, yeah. especially in the Midwest. <laughs> right. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, we do. Yeah, pretty much so. Yeah, to to the point where occasionally we've been known to take a client on our one precious Thursday off yeah. just because we really love doing it. We, really love it. <laughs> <laughs> we can't yeah. anywhere else. Yeah. Well, we really enjoy this. We might as well just do them on Thursday. <laughs> right. You know, I think when work is so fulfilling and that you love it so much, it's not work. Right. Yeah, it's a game changer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just part of your life. And, you know, I think every one of us that have a spiritual calling, we're we're beginning to realize this. I'm beginning to realize this recently. Right. You know, it's like, what is next? Because, you know, I had a career. I danced for 30 years and I was a hairdresser for Ted. And, you know, you, you, you stumble and you fall and you look at it and you're like, got to do something else. I'm still too young to retire. (laughs) (laughs) So what you guys are doing is amazing because it's something you love and you're helping others, which I can't think of anything more fulfilling than helping somebody. Oh, for sure. It's true. Because I think once, I don't know how you guys feel, but I think, like I said before, if everyone did a little of this every day to help others, the world would be changing so quickly just by saying a kind word it doesn't doesn't take much Mm -mm. yeah i'm i mean i would you know i'm a fire sign so i can be pretty fiery but (laughs) you know sometimes when i shop and i see a lady and they have you know carts just get in your way and people don't want to (laughs) move and you just sit there and you have to bite your tongue like i i really i i'm trapped (laughs) (laughs) so i finally turned around i said hi how are you today and she had a look of pure shock on her face like she wanted confrontation because she was stressed herself but instead i was like i want confrontation but i don't want confrontation let's turn this around guys (laughs) right and it was hard for me to do it but the look on her face i wish i would have had a camp you know my camera ready because it was amazing it was like Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> she's, she's not confrontational at all. It's like, no, I just want to see the jacket over there, actually. <laughs> so I think what you guys are doing as part of that rolling down the hill, being kind and working on energy and helping people that have had traumatic experiences, because I'm yeah. sure... As a mental health social worker, Tavis, you probably see unmentionable things. 
Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's for sure. Um, it, it definitely, I've come into contact and heard stories that are are really quite distressing. I have to make sure I don't um, care, take them with me. You know, carry them with sure, me. Sure, absolutely. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of tra- lot of trauma out there. A lot more than we yeah. think, um, for sure. Yeah, and our practice seems to really intersect at the trauma. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. a lot of our. A lot of our shared clients mm. are trauma. Yeah. Trauma clients. I think it's awesome because energy healing is so important to anybody it, that's been through a life of trauma. It yeah. it is invaluable. Yeah. I, I will say that that uh, with some of my clients, you know, you know, basically, you know, my 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 continuing to have therapy with them, um, you know, in a session in which Terry is present. And uh, doing Reiki, you know, they 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 cry, they tear up more, um, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. If if they're looking, to, if it's going to help them get in touch with their emotions, it seems to do well. To, uh, the energy work seems to do well to connect the the heart and the head in this way, and it's very positive. And I've seen it, you know, even if she just if Terry just joins for one session, that's happened in some cases. Uh, we've done this with about ten different clients. So, um, but if it's just even one, um, I have seen. I have seen a, a, a difference, a, a definitely a significant difference in 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 their emotions, um, and then being more in touch with their emotions going forward, even when she's not there. So the energy work I've I've seen in the practice for the clients who have a difficult time maybe accessing their feelings, just having Terry there once uh, doing Reiki, I've seen the benefit of it as far as uh, long term. Oh, that's amazing. Now, Terry, if they anybody wants to get a healing from you, how do they go about doing that? So um, our practice is at Gerard and Coslow, but I have um, a business email. It's wings and spelled out A-N-D light (laughs) at gmail.com. Okay. And Travis, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big supporter of anyone that thinks, they ever need therapy of any kind. I believe it's very important for people's healing process. Mm-hmm. How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, um, so they can reach out to me. I mean, I've got my own. Like Terry mentioned, um, we work at Jordan uh, Coslo, um, the, the practice, but I have my own independent practice. Um, you know, within uh, the offices that we work, um, it's called Mindful Awareness. That's my my business name. Um, and um, but the best way to reach me would be by email as well. Um, yeah, that would be um, T A V, um, and then my last name being S C H L U N is in Nancy, D is in David, T is in Tony. Um, at gmail.com. Okay. And all of that will be on the notes in my podcast notes for you guys. So people can really get a hold of you and start their healing process. Great. Terrific. And I want to thank you guys for coming on Twilight Tonic. And thank you for, I really don't know how to put it in words, but you know, I wish addicts and alcoholics know that there is help out there. They can be in recovery. Yes. They can have a life. So please, please, everyone, 
Get yeah, help right. if you need help before it goes too far and you you leave your loved ones. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so transformation is very, very much possible. I've seen it. It's it's remarkable. Um, yes, believe that. And I want to thank you guys so much for being in the healing industry that so many people don't understand. And oh, what? Yeah, for it, sure. Um, you're an amazing couple and you guys just have a wonderful evening of love and light thank you you too yes thank you so much have a good night guys bless you bless you too